You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk covering every team in the NHL. New episodes every Monday. Download at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Jack Adams, your name has been thrown around quite a bit, potential candidate. Um, what is your view on that award? And what do you say to you being thrown around in the conversation? Well, it's a regular season award. So the only regular season award I'd be really interested in would be the Jennings. That's a good one. That's a team award. Should, should the Jack Adams be an award that is decided after the playoffs, in your opinion? Stanley Cup champion, conference champion, Conference finalists, conference finals. One, two, three, four, in order, every year. Just put a name on it. It shouldn't be a popular vote. Coaches are judged on games coached, wins, losses, playoff games, playoff wins, Stanley Cups. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the In The Dome Podcast. Okay, so we open up with a little monologue from Daryl Sutter. And, um, I mean, you just said it's pretty clear he's has his... Sure, Brad Living is still the general manager. Brad Living's making the moves. But is it pretty... I don't know. Can we say that Daryl is obviously guiding him on what this team actually needs? Because in the in the previous however many seasons, we're just acquiring defensemen, 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 more defensemen, more crappy defensemen, def- crappy defensemen. Yeah. Um, you just said this is the first time. I'm I'm sitting here. I mean, remember remember uh, 1819 when we didn't add. Yeah, what was the what was the excuse then? We're just like don't want to mess with the chemistry stuff yeah. like that. Believe in the group. Yeah, yeah, this is good. We really believe that. So <laughs> you go, you get to fully legit top six player. Uh, this guy's way better than I even thought he was. I mean, I'm blown away watching him play. His only his only downside is he's not fast, but positionally he makes up for you know the lack of foot speed, relatively speaking, across the league to other players how fast everybody else is, but um, it doesn't uh, hamper his game much, if at all. And now you get Callie Yarncroke. Um, I know the name. I, I I can't think of any outstanding plays from Na- his time in Nashville, but I know the name, and I know he's been a part of, you know, the runs that Nashville's had in the past. Um, this is kind of right up your alley. Tell us about Callie. Well, he's kind of a guy who it's been on, like, um, I think similarly with Toffoli. It's like Flames fans have kind of like, yeah, he'd be a perfect fit in Calgary, mostly because he's like Lindholm's cousin and him and Markstrom and Lindholm all come from the same small town in Sweden. Which is pretty insane. 
but yeah, he's it, just it, it, it's not even little sweden anymore it's fucking it's it's like team sweden exactly like this is kind of cool actually it yeah, kind of cool. it, it's kind of like a, a light version of when the red wings had all those russian guys who were awesome now obviously those russian guys were like on another level because they were like hall of fame guys like fedorov and Larionov and all that shit but it's kind of like that. It's kind. It's kind of cool. I'm kind of digging this actually, because what do you got? You Lindholm, Backlund, Rasmus, Shillington, Markstrom, Yarncroft. <laughs> Fucking incredible. Is there five or six? That's six sweet. That's six. Right. And they're all key players too. It's not like um, yeah. Yo, yeah. Stupid Norse. This is more right. Like when Brad was acquiring Lindholm's friends last off season, we were like, well, can you at least get the good ones? You this know? is this is. Uh... I don't, I don't know, you know, if it's slowly, it's quickly turning into a Daryl Sutter podcast. Might as well just change the name, eh? Welcome to the Daryl Sutter podcast, podcast. But if you look at, you know, the previous, you look at the past track record with Brad G. Living and compared to the additions we're making now, I mean, what's the only thing that's changed? We've got a good coach finally. I mean, Daryl Sutter is making all of Brad's transactions. Yeah look good correct um if jeff ward was still the coach i don't even think this team would be in a playoff spot oh yeah i said this to somebody the other day they were saying oh you're brad uh are you like you know brad's acquisitions really make up for all this shit it's like well i mean the biggest acquisition this team has ever made is the coach right like and i honestly think i mean we threw this out there at the time when when daryl kept on going to brett ritchie in the top six in the top six in the top six he i at the time, we're like, maybe he's just fucking with Brad. And now I kind of do. I kind of feel like it's. Well, and the fact he kept talking about how they don't have enough goal score. Yeah. <laughs> every post game, every post game. We got to finish our chances. There aren't enough guys who can score goals. There are enough finishers on this team. Are you telling me that Daryl is not communicating Brad for living all fucking season long based on what this team's needs are? And then pair that with what he's been saying, like Rizicka, um, this week got sent down and stuff, and it was it was a cap move injury thing, but it did bring up the discussion of Daryl saying like this team is is lacking down the middle, and then you go out and get a guy who can play down the middle. Exactly. I mean, if you're the GM, you're sitting there, you're watching your lineup on a nightly basis. There's a hole in the yeah. third line center. There's a hole every single time. No, we're not putting Monahan there anymore. You can't. You can't play him in 3C. He's stay on 4C. Let's try all these other guys. No, still got a hole. Still got a hole. So, yes, yes, we'll give Bradtree leaving some credit because he's getting it done. He's actually making this team better. Like, that's oh, holy fuck, dude. It's about what time because, like, yeah, like, prior to trading for Toffoli, his only, what, midseason acquisition that was a forward was, like, uh, the Brett Kulak deal where you got like Reichel, Kirby Reichel or something. Is that right? I don't remember what it was. I don't have it in front of me. That's definitely wrong. Or it, maybe it was Lazar well, I think, or something. I think we get the Maybe point, it was though. Lazar. But the point is, they point never is you traded. can't remember. Yeah. You, the, <laughs> the point is, the only time he's traded for forwards in season is guys I don't even, they're probably not even in the league anymore. Um, yeah. And now he's done it twice. And Fuck, man. We were kind of talking about this after the Coleman signing. It was like, if you just add a few more guys who are NHL caliber players, you're going to be rolling. And I think that's exactly the best way to describe Yarncroft. It's like, he's not um, to Foley level, 
he's just a good solid NHLer. Yeah, he's a guy to play your third line. Right? So yesterday, people were asking, "Okay, where do you think he's going to slot in?" I thought it was pretty clear he's at least going to take a start at three C. Yeah. Um, the, you just sent me these lines that just posted. Why don't you? Uh... I think they had him on daily faceoff. Um, has Steinberg tweeted the old lines today? Let's take it. Well, I was on the NHL uh, Flames website, and that's what they have the same lines projected for okay. tonight. So, yeah. So the top line remains intact, obviously, but then you got Yarcroft between Tofoli and Mangiapane, and I mean, how much? Oh. You know, listen, I I like the Rizicka. I love. I like that look at that line. Um, but you know, it g- game in game out consistency wise, like, come on, you're going to take yarn crock all day. Am I saying it? I keep saying yarn crock, yarn croak. That's the same shit. Um, I'll get, but, I'll get over it. Like you did with the door off. You know, they're asking Daryl about it. Right. Yeah. And some, I know sometimes on this podcast, we'll poo poo the whole, Oh, Luke, you just won. How many cups? Oh, okay. Let's bring him on the team. Yeah. But it was Daryl's talking about this and he's <laughs> talking about the value of like, both to Foley. He's gone on long playoff stretches before. Look, if this is a team under Ward, I don't even think it makes a fucking difference. Let's say we make the playoffs under Ward. All these guys' playoff experience, that's going to be enough? No, you need solid coaching to begin with. you got a guy that can manage the bench. Like, what this guy has done for this team and this organization is fucking remarkable. And maybe it's just because the contrast to what we had in place before is night and day, which it is. But I think both both things are true. I think he's that good. Daryl Sutter's that smart. Um, the way he's like this team, every night you're in, we're in control. We're in control of games. Even when we lose, we're we don't we don't we're not really out of control. Um, but he's saying that it's it's really important to have guys like Yarncroke that have gone through on long runs before. And then he comes back to our current team and he says, we have a lot of guys that haven't been in playoff races. And this is the kicker. He says, or we have some guys that were and didn't understand it. So again, coming back to this, this team has been in and out of the playoff race or playoff pitcher. I should say we haven't been on any fucking race since 04, but in and out of the playoff pitcher for the last, you know, five seasons. And Whatever experience these guys have, like Johnny Gaudreau, Elias Lindholm, did. I don't think he played in the playoffs in Carolina, did he? No. Nope. Matthew Kachuk hasn't had much NHL playoff experience. Sean Monahan doesn't. Like, who on this team that is part of this core group has playoff experience? Right? Backland. I mean, the guys that have been here for five-plus years or four-plus years, we've got, like, zilch. And so what he's saying is the guys that even have, have been a part of it, haven't understood it. And I chalked it up as like, yeah, terrible coaching, terrible management. Um, this, this organization up until now has not, has not been 100% committed to winning a Stanley cup. And Very they, well can, they can say all they want that I was the goal, but at the end of the day, you need someone in there that knows how to get you there and, and, knows the process and how to execute it. Yeah. And I thought his comment, <clears throat> everybody was laughing about his comment about Colorado. Like if you're the wildcard team, you're going to, uh, if you play Colorado in the first round, it's going to be a waste of eight days. I kind of found that to be a bit of a callback to the 2018, 2019 season where it's right. like the flames just got fucking Rick rolled because they had no idea what they're doing because Daryl goes on further after he said that to say, 
you have to be sharp like all the time. You can't just like have this great season, get to the playoffs, and then you know, like it's gonna be broke. It's like it's all it's it's a uh, it's not even consistency, it's just vigilance. It's like you have to be at a certain at at the highest level possible at all times to win the Stanley Cup. That's what he's preaching. I mean, that's that's really why you know, anytime there's success throughout this this regular season we're going through, and the media asks him to jerk himself off about it, yeah, he's like, no. It's fucking pointless. And it's not even him just saying it's not words, right? He's not just doing the cliche. He's serious. Yeah. Like he does not give a fuck about the regular season. So I don't know, man. Like, I don't want to get too excited. Cause <laughs> I remember how excited it was in 1819. Holy, Holy fuck, shit, that dude. That was the but, worst. But it's hard not to start feeling confident. Like, I'm I, I think that's where I'm at, right? my my confidence in this team is growing and therefore my excitement level is is uh lowering right like because i I know what we're in for it's going to be a fucking this is interesting because um at this point we're shooing for a playoff spot i don't know where we finish you'd have to fall off you know to lose out on your on your divisional spot but here comes la we'll see what they can do but at this point I'm starting to look the head coach is talking about the playoffs the entire season. I'm starting to think about the playoffs. I mean, we're at trade deadline. It's not that far Uh, away or almost about a month out. We're close. It's pisser. Get off the pot for all these teams. You got to decide what they're, what they're doing, buying or selling. Um, And I'm just really starting to, I'm starting to amp myself up for a playoff run. Not even just like, yay, we made game one and two. What's going to happen? No. Like I'm like, preparing myself for a fucking battle and i guess a lot of it has to do with listening to daryl all season long and because you can tell he has one end game he's got one end goal and it's not making it's not playing one or two playoff games it's getting through each round so it's going to be really interesting um and then you're going to have to go through colorado eventually and obviously you don't get ahead of ourselves but that's just kind of the the big picture. I know Daryl thinks about it too. Is like, how do you get to that ultimate goal? Obviously, you take it one step at a time. Well, it but. is going to be tough because again, like, think about the last time this team was in the playoffs. The last four, the last four games this team has played in the playoffs were a fucking shit show against Dallas. Like, were there any? For, like, I know everybody references the Colorado series as like, oh, that sucked. Yeah, the, the Dallas series was a debacle. They were getting killed every yeah. single game, and then you remember how that that how it ended when dumbass pulled the goalie and put, pulled Calvin and uh, yeah. put Riddick in, and it was just an absolute shit show. So um, Daryl knows that he knows that these guys need to be like beyond prepared for Game One. And then game two, right? And then, like, it's just, holy shit, like, knowing this team's playoff history and this team's fragility in the playoffs, he's he's going he's gonna to have his work cut. Even Daryl will have his work cut out for them come yep. opening out of the playoffs. Totally. Yeah, that Dallas series is just a good, shining example of, you know, a system under Ward where there is no – solid foundation that you can go back to they're just hanging on by by, by their skin of their teeth and talbot played great yeah and then the yeah. idiot has the audacity in the remember 
in the preseason, and they're like, oh, how are you going to play this year? Exactly like we did in the playoffs. Like, oh, so you're going to get fucking creamed every night and hope your goalie keeps you in it? And that's legitimately the strategy. It's <laughs> that's what kept happening. Yeah, it's like, you know, there's maybe two games all season in Toronto is one of them where we got we got outplayed. If you look at the underlyings, right, outchanced, outshot, lose the, the expected goal battle, lose the Corsi 4 battle, but you still win. Oh, yeah, we want to play like that all season long. <laughs> That's that's the ticket to success. Hang on by the skin of your fucking teeth all season long. And, you know, we bring up the whole Brad thing. We'll give him some credit. But just remember, this is the fucking guy that said Jeff Ward was the guy for this team. The, the number best one man guy. for the job. The either. best man for the fucking job. Yeah. So regardless, whatever happens, whatever success this team has, Sure, Badger Living has been making moves. He's he's getting it done. I still think Daryl is a big part of his success because totally. telling him, no, don't get another fucking depth defense. We this is the true need, the number one need. And I mean, this look, we've been harping on this podcast for past three seasons. Address the fucking needs. Top six, top six. Now it's top nine, top nine. And he's it's done. Our forward depth is incredible currently. It's the best top nine the Flames have had in probably 15 years. Dude, your fourth line is Lucic, Monaghan, and Dubé. And that's a fourth line you can utilize. I mean, Imagine if Monaghan was good still. Imagine if he was just uh, going to score 15 goals. Imagine if he was at least good on the power play. If he was a 20-goal guy this year, how good you'd be. Like, Imagine geez. if he did anything good. <laughs> well, I know everybody was like... Uh, a few people are like, oh, see, he looked good the other night. It's like, no, he didn't. He had three grade-A chances that didn't even come close to burying. It's sad. Anyways. I did, I did hear, listen, I listened to um, the fan the other day. They had Cerevelli on. Yeah. And they were discussing right. Monaghan. Yeah. This was interesting because what Frank is saying is that he's heard from around the league that there are teams interested in taking a flyer on Sean Monaghan. Absolutely, there will be. And – I get it. It makes sense. There's another thing that um, I think someone said this on Twitter or I heard it somewhere, but typically it's a year and a half is the turnaround after a hip surgery. Oh, really? That's what somebody said. So, I mean, if you put that in, into play as well, then yeah, if teams know that, if a GM knows that Sean Monaghan would be a great flyer, right? Um, I don't, I don't know if, Oh yeah. One year left on his deal after this year, he'd be, yeah, he'd be a great pickup for somebody. So, and the other thing Frank was saying, you know, with regards to the deadline is that Calgary wasn't actively shopping him around to get rid of him. They'll probably do that in the off season. Cause they'll have to, um, but he, they, he did say his name has been involved. If Calgary was going to make a big move yeah. that maybe that's part of it. I don't see, unless they're bringing Giordano back, but yeah. Um, I don't know. Do you think they're done? It looks like they could use maybe another def depth defenseman actually for real this time. <laughs> yeah. You could use one this year because again, like we saw with when Shillington was hurt, like you're, you're one injury away from Michael stone being in your top four, yeah. which is not bad in a couple games, but again, come playoff time and you're playing teams like the avalanche and um, that's going to be trouble. So I think, I think adding a defenseman might actually be a good idea this year. A guy like Kulak or something would be perfect. He could be yeah. a seventh defenseman, a guy that can come into the lineup. Because I don't think you're, if you, I don't think you would want to change your decor right now. Mm -mm. You just want someone on the outside that can play NHL minutes. If somebody gets hurt, not a massive liability. And their big body, Kulak would be good. This happened back in like uh, 
they played Chicago in the first round in like 2009, I want to say, or maybe 2010. And Fanuf was hurt. Regeer was hurt. And I think Bo Meester was hurt. Oh. And fucking Anders Ericsson was playing like 40 minutes a game. And it was like, they obviously lost the series, but it was just the worst. So we don't want that happening again. Because like, what happens if Chris Tanev gets hurt? You're screwed. Yeah. So, what, what you, like, even if he just misses two games in the playoffs. Yeah, you're done. So uh, something that needs to be addressed. I know Daryl probably already knows. It's probably next on the list. Right? He saved his favorite move for last. And like, do we even have to worry if we're Flames fans? You know, this guy is going to acquire some the one co- exactly. It's like even if the organization Daryl was like, no, don't do it, don't do it. He still can't help himself. We're getting more depth defensemen coming. Anyways, back to the line. So then they still have Coleman with ba- or Backlund with Coleman and Lewis. This um, is now this is turning into your your third line, but it's still a shutdown line. So I I I, I get the Lewis thing from time to time. I just, I don't know. I'd be curious to, I, I would put Manjapani back there personally. Cause like that's an elite line, but I mean, they're still winning and playing fucking great every night. So yeah, I don't really have anything to complain about at this point. It's hard to, I just think if you wanted to maximize it, like Coleman back when Manjapani are a dominant could, unit, could put Dubé up with a uh, yarn croak and yeah. to fully. Well, I mean, even you could put yarn croak where I know they want to play C, but if you, if you didn't, you could put him on the wing with Backlund and Coleman. That's a hell of a shutdown unit because he's he's pretty much a Backlund type player who can actually score. He's like Backlund, except he has finishing ability. Is is a good way to describe Yon Croc. Ooh, okay, it's not bad. It's not bad. I mean, if you look at his stats, like again, like I said, he's just a solid NHL guy, right? Like you look at his goal totals over the last handful of seasons 16 15 16 10 15 13 he's got 12 this year on a really shitty team and he he started the year off really poorly but has been on a bit of a heater lately um so i mean like he's got 12 goals and 50 games could be a 20 goal you just had another 20 pretty much 20 goal guy who can play really solid defense who is versatile who can move around your lineup who has playoff experience? Like, I mean, when the Predators went to the Stanley Cup final, he played, he's played more playoff games than any core member of the Flames by a, a fair margin. Well, it's a pretty low bar, but yes. Right? He's played 60, 63 playoff games. How many has Johnny played? Not I mean, it's got to be in the, in the tens. How many have they won? Two or three? So, but the other thing too is Yarn Croc's a right-handed shot, which is yeah, which is big. This team has has really had a need for that, and they, that means we can see a little bit less of Richie too. Hey, what do you mean he scored, uh, Nate? That's a good goal. Eh? Not That's only did he goal. get his first goal, he got his first point. And it was funny. Well, the boys were happy for him. Eh? You yeah, see that? <laughs> it's funny because Michael Stone got an assist in Colorado, and it, up until that point, Richie was the only player on the Flames with zero points. Yeah. And Stone's, listen, like Michael Stone's played one game and has more points. I sort of got how many slap shots did Stone take in those two games? Like four hundred and twelve. I love it. I, he, that's his Dude. that's his biggest fucking strength. He's got in the offensive end. He's got a great shot. Put that guy in the power play. You've been saying that forever. Yeah, fuck. So. I don't know. I look at this forward depth, dude, with Yarn Croc in there, and it's like, whoa, dude, we have legit forward depth now. We have like 80s level forward depth. When was the last time we had this much depth up front? It was probably the year they played Chicago in the first round, but it got decimated by injuries. Um, and they like ran down the middle. It was like 
Jokinen, Lankow, Conroy, Lombardi down the middle. Like that's probably the last time. And those guys got killed by injuries. Um, so it's been a really long time. But I this is we were talking about this is like the Flames still needed to add like a Billy Neiman in Marcus Nielsen type guy who's just a solid top nine, bottom six guy. And they did that. Yeah. A guy that will chip in and help down the stretch instead of just sitting there like, who the fuck is going to score outside that top line? Right. So, like in the playoffs, that's always what happens, right? It's you, yeah. those guys come up huge. Those guys yeah. who can play solid minutes, who can play solid defense, who just chip in with a few goals. You know, there's always guys, right, in the Stanley yeah. Cup runs where, like, that guy scored, like, wow, big goal scored by some guy you didn't expect. You yeah. need those guys. Well, every goal is fucking huge in the playoffs, so you just have to right? score. Yeah. Uh, the, the other thing I really like about this addition is if you look at the depth now, you got him playing 3C, which is that, that third line is looking – Looking yeah, pretty dude. fucking awesome. But this, now there's serious competition to stay in the lineup. Totally. They're not. Dude, they, and, there, this... and, there's, and there's competition for your place in the lineup, too. Like, Dubé is going to have to work his balls off. He doesn't want to be fucking riding the pine on the fourth line for the rest of the season. Yeah. Uh, you got Sean Monaghan like, oh, oh. Uh, okay. <laughs> uh, they traded for somebody that's going to play ahead of me. Is this like, bro, maybe <laughs> – Maybe this will get him going. I don't know, man. He yeah, needs, I don't know. I don't know. It used to be me. Oh. But anyways, anything else on Yarncroft you have, like little analytics and stuff? No, I don't know. I just if you look at his underlying numbers, just like a solid, a solid third, second line guy. Like I just just as I described, guy who's really strong defensively, five on five, who has some finishing ability, who can play anywhere in your lineup. Yeah. Okay. Thoughts on Dubé because since he's been back in the lineup, Daryl took him out there for a bit, put him back in. Rizicka's now gone, but Dubé's still there. He scores uh, in the last game against Jersey. I don't know, man. Has he has has he been better? Is my question. I don't know. Not really. It's eh? kind of this more of the same. It's like he had that game was against the Ducks that he scored in and looked really good. And then he kind of stunk the next game, and then Daryl scratched him. It's been very up and down. It's been a weird season for him. He can't seem to make a click. Yeah, like you see, it's like one step forward, five steps back. Like it's just, it's not even consistency. He's just kind of up and down, and then down for a long time, and then it's kind of a weird. It's been a weird year for Dubé. Like he can't fucking any traction. It seems. Um. But I don't know. I liked his game the other night. That's probably the best we've seen him play all year. Maybe he needs to be a little more physical. He needs to do something. He needs to be effective when he's not scoring goals. Because he was um, he was just as big of a beast as Lucic and, and Bennett were on that line. Oh, yeah. In the Dallas series, like he was a fucking beast. Like it's kind of like he's Sam Bennett right now. Where yeah. it's like he can't score, but he's not bringing the physical. Like when Bennett would just like cream guys and fight everybody, it's like he's kind of at that point, but he's not doing those things. Interesting. He's an interesting one to like. Hey, I'm, I, you're, I think you're right. Like outside of him, outside of Richie, Dubé is the one guy in the lineup where you just is like, is he going to do anything tonight? I don't know. Well, and you kind of know what you're going to get from Richie, at least like he's going to. And again, for all of for how much we shit on Richie for never scoring and how bad he is, he's been fine this year, even though well, he's, he's been creaming guys lately. Right? too. 
since, like, since coming back in the lineup. So, um, at least with Richie, he knows his role and he knows, you know, what you're going to get out of him every night, which is like at least five minutes of him banging some guys around. With Dubé, it's kind of like, hey, what do you do here exactly? But I, I feel that's a bit unfair because he has been generating some scoring chances. It's been a very weird year. I wonder if it just like, because I'm sitting here, I'm like, okay, well, what is this role? I don't even know. Yeah, that's part of it. And maybe maybe he does have one. I'm sure he does. I'm sure Daryl has said this is your role. But maybe he's not a fit for that role. I don't know. I've liked him at center better personally when I've seen him play at center. Um, you should center that fourth line. Yeah, like get Monahan out of there. <laughs> or move Monahan to the wing for Christ's sake. Just fucking bench him for a few games, man. Right? Like, it's... Yeah, this team doesn't need Sean Monaghan at all. Um, I don't know. I, he's he's playing fine. The, the Lucic in him thing worked for a while, but I don't know. We'll see. I'm curious to see how he plays tonight. All right. So, since we've been on here, we played three games. Detroit, Colorado, Jersey. The Detroit game's a 3 nothing shutout. Lindholm comes down, snipes on the Holy power play. fucking shit. Like, he made that look so easy. Eh? That was so sick. That's his 30th of the year. First uh, flame to get the 30. First time he scored 30 in his career, too. Oh, yeah. I didn't know that. Interesting. He had, 20, he had 29 last year. Or, no, not last year, the year before. He's fucking having one hell of a season. Defoli scores, Coleman scores. Defoli was... Uh, was that a pass from was it Chucky? Who set up the folio on that one? I'm trying to remember. That was Chucky, wasn't it? I think so. Wasn't it? Anyways, the folio scores, Coleman scores, but the game as a whole. And this is, um, you know, we've been saying this on this podcast this season is these games, the game in the game against New Jersey, where New Jersey actually was came out ready to play. They looked, they looked, had some jump. They played pretty good to start the game. These are the games where you really struggled the last two seasons. Yeah, totally. Um, these little trap games we used to fucking, and that kind of sunk our season. We just couldn't beat Ottawa. You couldn't beat fucking. Well, this has happened for years too. It's not, it wasn't even just last year. And and I'm starting to really see now under this Daryl Sutter coaching, the good teams don't, don't lose these yeah. games. Right, because that's something we always used to be told. It's like, oh, well, even, you know, good teams have those bad nights. It's like, no, no, they don't. No. I mean, maybe one or two, but not throughout the season. Yeah. The whole entire season. Like, we're not – like, we play Buffalo tonight. They're coming off a back-to-back. They got their asses kicked in Edmonton last night. I am expecting us to kick their ass. I'm not worried at all. In the past, I'd be like, holy fuck, we're going to lose this, right? Even if they played well, though, you're going to lose this probably tonight if it's like, if it's in the past. Buffalo does not have a very good team. Um, they're not playing well as a unit. Like This seems like a, an easy win, so we'll see what happens. But you got to love the Detroit game. Even the Jersey game, there's some sloppiness, right? But, I mean, I think that's where you can look at Every team is is not going to have a crisp, clear game every game of the season. It's a long one. But even when you're no, even when your B game is beating teams the majority of the time, that's when you know you have a good foundation. 
right? Well, dude, the Flames were freaking like the shots were like what thirty-five to four in the site by the second period. Oh, as Detroit. Yeah, like it yeah. was. It was a. Yeah. It was a clinic. I forgot about that. Yeah, we could have been five nothing after the first period. Shots in the first period, nineteen to one. Scoring chances, thirteen to four. In the second period, shots were 12-4, and then Detroit kind of picked it up a bit because it was a one-goal game for a while. Um, oh, yeah, they in, picked in it up there, four period, shots. Right? They had 14 shots in, in the third period. Um, but, I mean, geez, dude. Well, in case in point, if this – if you had the same thing under Ward where you outshoot the team 30-5 to five after two periods and you should be up by a few goals and you're only up by one – we weren't winning those types of games no. the last few seasons, but now we lock it down regardless of, of. So, I mean, there's a lot to be said about that. Right. Lock it down. I think is a good way to put it. Cause I think you've heard, Oh, the flames got goalied. It's like, if you kind of flip it, right. Like, cause it was, Oh, they, they couldn't bear their chances, which is part of it. But it's, they also let the other team outscore them, which isn't happening. A lot of these, high, like these games where, they're close. Like how many games has Markstrom had a shutout where it's like the other team didn't even get 20 shots. Most a of lot, them. A lot. Most of the shutouts. So that's, what's key is the locking it down. And again, like that's what's those kinds of games are the ones that have impressed me the most. The ones that maybe are not as exciting, a little less boring, not as high scoring, but the ones where they're close and the flames just keep playing the way they've been playing all year and win. Like they gave me in Seattle a couple of weeks ago, the game at the Oilers, the game against Detroit. Those games are so satisfying because those are playoff type games. And that's generally how the playoffs go. Like you, you're going to be playing kind of some tight, a lot of tight hockey, a lot of lower, lower event hockey. Um, yeah. Fuck they were good in that game. And two power play goals. I just, I just yeah. confirm the Tofoli goal was, was a pass from Chuck. Hey, they're finally doing what we've said they need to do. Cross the ice. Cross the ice, cross the crease, one-time options. Um, I, I'm still, I still think Defoli's your best power play distributor. Yeah. Um, when they're ringing around the horn and it goes up to Anderson, I'm like, oh fuck, stop passing it to Erasmus Anderson. He's the like the guy most likely to fuck this up. But as soon and as soon as it goes over to Foley, though, like there's something magical, something dangerous is about to happen, regardless of, um you know, what's happening around him. He just, on the power play, he's just that fucking good. And that goal, whoo. So Chucky passes it across the crease and there's one, uh, there's one angle in the replay, but that was a highly skilled goal because he didn't one-time it. If he would have one-timed, it would hit the pad and he didn't stop it. He kind of corrals it, brings it, what, six inches towards the center so that he can tuck it away five hole. And he did it so smoothly. Like that was a goal scorer's goal. Yeah, he's a beast on the power play. He's given them something they haven't had since, like, Jerome McGinley. He wasn't even that much of a distributor, so. Yeah. And that's a, that's a huge goal, too. I think that's another thing Daryl has brought up is, like, timely goals matter yep. big time. Like, that is a huge, 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 huge goal. You're out shooting them 600 to zero. They had yep. been getting some chances. They're buzzing a bit. You get a power play goal to go up 2 nothing and put it away. Like, huge goal. Well, and even a huge power play goal. Like, how many times have we said that this year? Right? Did you power play? Fuck, just right? Score just come you a through. Big goal, right? Like, fuck. So things are looking good. They're, they've just been so good at home, dude. Like, what they've lost one one game at home in the last 
It's ridiculous. <laughs> that third goal by Coleman is a beauty too. He works his ass off. It was kind of weird how it somehow just kind of trickled in. Wasn't really sure if it was in or not. Go to replay. Yeah, it was in. And then they have to play uh, Colorado the next night, man. Like leave I, from the from the rink to get on the plane. I get it. If you're if you're creating the schedule, or was this part of the makeup schedule? Probably was. But even still, it's just like, okay, you got back. You're playing five games in seven nights, and the fifth game of that stretch is a back to back. Come on, and you got to travel in between. And you lose an hour because it's fucking daylight savings time. And then you got to play the best team in the league with your backup goalie. And you still actually play a good game. They played great. They had a good game. Couldn't bury. But fuck, they looked tired from the opening from the opening shift. Like, you could see it. They just didn't have the jump. Yeah. And I was really impressed how they played in the third period because they gave it their best shot. But, you know, sometimes Nathan McKinnon is better than – and then a lot of players. Um, that's just a game that's just like shit. You just like, I'm fine with losing that game. Oh, even uh, it didn't bother me losing that. No, not at all. I watched it till the end. I was like, this is fine. They pushed yeah. hard in the third. I was very impressed. Then that's what you want to see. You're still looking for those positives, right? Even during a loss. But um, the, the, the Detroit game was pretty heavily one-sided, but give us the game stats for Colorado because it is it is important to see, you know, even in a three-nothing loss. Yeah. How they fared out. Well, they still owned the puck for most of the night at five on five. Shot attempts were even 63-63 at five on five. Scoring chances, uh, the Avalanche had 27, Calgary had 22, but the high danger chances, the Flames had 12 and the Avs had five. Wow. Give me a break. And the expected wow. goals four percentage, uh, 55% for Calgary, <clears throat> 45% uh, Colorado. So, like, the Flames, you know, the Avalanche bared their chances. The Flames didn't, and that was kind of the difference. Yeah, Kemper made 46 saves. He was and, probably looking yeah. for a little redemption here. And, I mean, the power play. So, was this the game where – did we get a – or what's his name? Uh, yeah, Vladar. Zadorov. Zadorov is taking a lot of penalties. He's getting, getting back to his old penalty habits. You better clean that up. because Well, Daryl was not happy. Specifically, he called it out again against the New Jersey, uh, the double minor. Like, he's got to cool it because he's, pro- he's had a major problem with this in the past, and it's uh, coming up again. Yeah, he's been getting double minors. I think we had a double minor against Colorado. I mean, even still, the, the PK has been awesome. But, I mean, you're going to stop McKinnon every time? I don't think no. so. Yeah. And Daryl said he didn't like the, the second goal. Was it the second goal? Um, and, I yeah, mean, I thought, I thought Vladar played good. Well, and that's that's uh, four minutes into the third period. Yeah, like. They go up 2 nothing. I mean, this was this was a pretty close game. You can't blame Vladar for that one. Like maybe he needs that one, but or maybe it was the first goal. Like he saw that, but that's a power play goal. That's McKinnon shooting on you. You needed, you needed a goal yeah. from Gaudreau or Chocolin home to get one. That's yeah, yeah. One. The first one was a power play goal. Is short side. I remember. I remember being like, you know what? That is a great shot, and it is Nathan McKinnon. But Markstrom would have saved that. Markstrom would have had it. Yeah. 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 The second one's right off the draw. I go short side again. He probably should have had that too. Yeah. But you didn't score any goals, so you wouldn't win anyways. Yeah. Okay, and then um, 
they get two days off. They have a response game with Jersey again, big time trap game, right? Cause there's a little bit of easier schedule here. You got Jersey, Buffalo, Vancouver, San Jose, then Arizona. So, you know, five of the weaker teams in, in the, in the league, but again, good teams find a way to win these games. And we haven't seen that in the past. Um, but the Jersey game, this is a little back and forth for a bit. Eh? Yeah. The you, devils were better than I was expecting actually. And you had a, all the, um, you know, the, the people you would expect to be scoring the goals, Chip and A, Richie, Dubé, Lucci. <laughs> Lucci and Richie scoring the same game. Remember that game in San Jose a couple of years ago when like the goals were Lucci scored, Ronaldo scored. Um, who was the other plug we had that year? Was it Richie? No. Lucci, Ronaldo, Jankowski, and then somebody else scored. And those are the four goals. It was like, and somebody, somebody uh, calculated the odds of that ever happening. And it was like literally like one in like 10 million. It was insane. That's fucking funny. Oh, um, reader, Tobias reader. Yeah. Yeah. That's who it was. Reader. <laughs> so um, give us the game stats before we, we kind of break it, pick this apart. So Cause like, I am curious because you, you should have won this game. The Devils didn't make it easy for you, but you and you took too many penalties. Yeah, and you pull it off anyways. Well, the Flames had no power plays. Penalty kill was great, and they were excellent five on five. Shot attempts at five on five, 65, 37 Calgary. Scoring chances 33 to 14. High danger chances 10 to 6. Expected goals four percentage, 64 for the Flames, 36 for the Devils. Um, so five on five. Flames were great. Sloppy, but great. Manji Pony scores his 30th goal of the season. And the, the the United troll job going on on Twitter of Flames fans trolling Brett Chesley is just beautiful. This is delicious. It's hey, awesome. call me when he scores 40. Oh, yeah. Call, this guy call me when he passes Gretzky's record. This guy won't even score 10. Oh, fluky. Call me when he scores 20. Oh, 30. Oh, Dude, and that was a sick goal. He toe drags that to get around the defender stick. and Oh, that was sweet. See, he's going on about how we chickened out and didn't take his bet. Yeah, that was the dumbest bet I've ever heard. Come on, this is fucking insulting. You think he's going to hit 30? It's obvious he's going to hit 30. Fuck off. We're not the ones who are on the hook here. No, you still haven't admitted you were a fucking dummy. Yeah, That's all we want. You have to buy a jersey. Just admit you're fucking stupid. That's all. Pretty simple. <laughs> all right. Doobie gets on the board. Lucic gets on the board. And Johnny scores his 27th. We're going to have four 30-goal scorers here. Um, can Toffoli get there? He's running a track. What has he got? 19 or 17 or 18 or something? He's going to have to go on a heater here. If he had the whole season with the Flames, he'd... Yeah, exactly. Okay, um, let's wrap things up with some trade deadline talk and just to look at around the league real quick. But what do you think Brad does? Is he done or is he going to – he's not – is he going to do something big? Is he done or we're just going to get some depth defense in which we actually need for once? Well, that what is, would some, That yeah. is the number one need now. What would something big look like would be my question. I don't know unless, like you said, it's like Geo for like Monahan or something. Like, what would be his big move? A defenseman, obviously, right? 
Well, Unless this, he goes up. At, yeah. Yeah. At this point, are you going big four? I mean, you could bring in, I don't know. Like one thing too, they were discussing on the fan the other day is the, the whole chemistry stuff. All right. Sorry for the interruption folks. Just got to get an award from our sponsor, DraftKings Sportsbook. So for NBA fans, the latest offer from DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA, is too good to pass up. New customers can bet just $1 on any team and get $150 in free bets if they win. It's that simple. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state or you live in Canada, you can still get a big payday with huge cash prizes from DraftKings Daily Fantasy Basketball Contests. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code THPN, as in the Hockey Podcast Network, and bet just $1 on any NBA team and get $150 in free bets if they win. Promo code is THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. 21 plus only minimum age and location requirements vary by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for a full list of requirements and state-specific responsible gaming resources. Void where prohibited. There's a minimum $5 deposit. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. If you live in Tennessee, call or text the Tennessee Red Line, 1-800-889-9789. If you're in Connecticut, call 888-789-quadruple-7 or visit ccpg.org chat in New York. Call eight seven seven eight hope and why. And I know you and I we kind of downplayed that too. But if you're going to make that many, like say he goes out and gets Drew, and now you have to fully yarn good a brand new looking team, that could maybe disrupt the chemistry. A bit. Well, there's like, even the even deleting Monahan. Like I think everybody knows what's going to happen, but doing it right now does that. I don't know. Like Johnny Gaudreau's not a these guys aren't little babies um but i mean monahan's been here a long time he's friends with everybody so i don't know i mean they've they fucking dumped their captain poor geoa they dumped their captain to a terrible team they're awesome now and do you see this geo got scratched the other night yeah fuck that was stupid man dude come on you you that was really dumb like i understand you got to protecting your assets but give me what are you running an nhl team or like uh, that was pretty fucking shitty, if you ask so, me. So, so when did he play his thousandth game? So I think he played it the game before on the road. Oh, it's fucking weird, man. So Geo hits a thousand games. He's on the road, so they don't do the celebration or the ceremony. Now he's back at home. He's just in full equipment, but he's not playing. So congratulations, like that's a joke, dude. That's a, that come on. This like, is like at some Mark point, G- like yeah, like what it's... did Mark Mark Giordano do, or maybe in a past life or some shit? What did he do to deserve this? Hey, eh? he's been nothing but a good guy, good solid dude. Gets dumped by his team, and then fucking on the eve of maybe he's and the team is awesome what? without him, and his team is terrible. Maybe it'll all balance out in the end. So where is he going to go? I don't even know who the rumors are. I know that no rumors. I know like everyone's like, Oh, Toronto, Toronto. I don't think Toronto has room or I don't know what Toronto's up to. Um, I, I know that Elliot's saying that most likely right now, Drew's going to Florida, which please Colorado doesn't need to get any better. Yeah, please. I, I, I was, it was my understanding. I guess I haven't been listening to the rumors as much. Drew would only go to Colorado, but I guess maybe if they told him Florida, um, Elliot lately in the past couple of days is saying it doesn't look like that to him currently. So 
We'll he will go somewhere like New York or Boston or something. It feels like. Oh, amazing. man, that'd be sweet for him to go to New York. Eh? But I, no, I, want, he... I want to be able to cheer for him. Yeah. So no too. Western teams. No. Although if push comes to shove, I don't give a shit. But You know who could really use him is Edmonton. Yeah. Oh, fuck, dude. Don't even say that. <laughs> don't dude. even say that. Can you dude, imagine? What, dude, you know that's going to happen. And then we play them in, in the playoffs and he like kicks our ass. Then he breaks Johnny's leg. You break Backlund's face. Yeah, I'm fine with that. <laughs> All right. Uh, we did the Monaghan talk. We did the Drew talk. Anyways, yeah, I like, I don't know what a big move would look like unless it's for a defenseman. Well, and this was before the Yarncroke trade, so. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I just don't. You don't need a big move. That would just be overkill at this point. What you truly need, like the real need here is just a little bit more defensive depth and like, let's see what we can do, right? You don't need anything else, do you? Well, I mean, if somebody came to you and said, hey, we'll give you somebody like, who else is even on the board this year? I don't even freaking know anymore. Um, But, you know. Well, there was Hurdle, but he re-signed. And he re-signed. Who else? Pavelski re-signed. I don't know. I know Hagel got traded to the Lightning today. Um, Hampus Lindholm on the Ducks. Apparently, he turned down his his offer, so he's going yeah. somewhere. Watch, he'll go to Edmonton. Eh? It seems the Oilers will do something stupid. I hope. No, yeah, they're not going to get a defenseman yeah. or a goalie. They're going to get more forwards. Yeah, they'll just get somebody terrible. Um, yeah, I don't know. I I can't see him doing something big. So we'll see though. Ooh, he surprised me by you. Fuck, dude. Can you imagine? Yeah, Monaghan would be perfect fit. Actually, Lucic would be a perfect fit in Arizona because he makes a lot of money on the cap, but doesn't actually make a lot of money in real dollars. There you go. Vikram, we'd win the cup if we had him. But just but don't the, go the to, other thing don't is go too, to Edmonton. Yeah, the other please. thing is too, Brad can't add any more money for next year. No, he's yeah, he's got his hands full. So any big move would be for a pure rental too, which I kind of feel like he's already done that with Yarncroft. So I, I, I can't see much more happening. Yeah. All right. Let's look at the standings real quick because Vegas has been struggling as of late. Uh, they did win the other night. So they're back in the final playoff spot, but um, Vegas has 70 points, dude. Uh, th- they played three more games. We're up 11 points with three games Crazy. in hand on Vegas. I don't think they're catching us at this point. Nope. Unless they go on an absolute tear, but dude, even then, like, how did we get so good at scoring goals this year? Like it just blows my mind. Look at the goal differential for the Flames right now. Plus 64. They have 210 goals. Dude. Only St. Louis, Minnesota, and Colorado have more in the Western Conference. That's nuts. That's nuts. Does help when you don't allow much either. That's helpful. So we're at 81 points now. Daryl says you need 100, right? 100 gets you in. Or even fucking, well, 96 would get you in, wouldn't it? Yeah, you think so. I don't think 100 gets – I think 100 a bit overkill. Yeah, but that's – once you get to 100, then you can start planning for, yeah. <laughs> planning for the playoffs, eh? Exactly. All right, so LA is right behind us. They got three, We got three games in hand on them, and we're five points up on LA. We got one game in hand on the Oilers, and we're nine points up on them. We are um, – we're kind of sitting atop the Pacific with not much um, pressure coming from the from beneath us. We're in a good spot, and again, 
Daryl Sutter's the coach, so they're not going to fall off a cliff. Yeah, it's not going to happen. He's not going to. He's not going to let them fall off. And he was even talking about that with the yard croc thing. It's like it creates competition. Everybody's got to you know be at their best to stay in the lineup. Like what do we got? Uh, Twenty two games left. This is the final push for Daryl to prepare yeah. these guys. He's not going to fuck around. He's going to utilize. No, it's going to be fucking... even more intense now. This is such. An interesting, fascinating, and enjoyable season of to follow, hey? Yeah. It's not frustrating. It's just super interesting and super engaged. <laughs> and I'll be so curious to see how this team plays in the, in the playoffs. Like, so curious. So, just outside the wild card spot, you got Dallas and Vancouver. Vancouver's cooled off a bit, hey? Because for a while, they were like, holy fuck, are they going to? They still, they still have. They can't have chance. a chance. I they still got a chance. They're still, they're still on the bubble there. So, um, they're they're kind of a interesting, fun team yeah, in a sense. Yeah, I I think I like Vancouver. I think Boudreaux would be kind of cool to see Boudreaux get them into the playoffs. Yeah, and who gives a fuck about the East? Any yeah. closing thoughts before I wrap it up? No, I like. What world are we living in? Did this, did we die and go to heaven where like Daryl Sutter becomes the coach? We're actually living like he's actually added, the, like the actual he's added in the last calendar year, he's added Coleman, Yarncroak, and Toffoli to this team. Look, his last three moves have been addressing the top needed hand, not the fucking third on the list, which has hit his bit his MO in the past. So unbelievable right now that. I mean, we said this after 1819. Okay, you don't add when you're good. You don't add when you're bad. When the fuck do you add? Now he's figuring it out. 